There have been some high-profile business failures this week, including the online supermarket operator Soupy, another craft beer brewery Deep Creek going into liquidation. But data just out suggests they're far from alone, with nearly 40% more companies failing in September than a year earlier. The construction and retail sectors have been particularly hard hit. Credit Bureau Centrix has crunched the numbers and released its latest data. Uh, Managing Director Keith McLaughlin says the rest of the year will be challenging for households and businesses. Morning, Keith. Good morning, Catherine. What are the key numbers as they pertain to business and business failures? Well, I think what we're finding is that business failures are up significantly on where they were 12 months ago. But I think there are different elements that play into that. Um, There are increased activity by organisations such as the IRD in winding up companies compared with where we were 12 months ago. But it also reflects, I think, a very strong pressure on business cash flow, uh, particularly for the smaller to medium-sized businesses and those ones that are relatively new to have started up in the last three to four years. So I think a combination of lack of cash flow and increased activity in winding up those companies is, is causing the results we've seen at the moment. Which which sectors particularly affected? Well, I think what we're finding is where there is discretionary spending. So you're finding things like hospitality, retail, luxury items, the online purchases. Um, Households are pulling back on their spending at the moment because they have to, because of uh, increased costs on on the household. And that's translating into a a lack of activity for those uh, non-discretionary, so the discretionary spending element. And those are the businesses that are really suffering at the moment. Um, I can give you an example, Catherine. If, for example, a couple buy a cup of coffee every morning on their way to work and it costs them $5, that's $300 a month that they can save by skipping their cup of coffee. But it's also $300 a month out of the the till of that small business. And you multiply that by the number of people affected, and that does have an impact on cash flow. So retail, obviously, um, an obvious place where people pull back on uh, discretionary spending when they have to. What about construction? Can you give us a more nuanced overview of what's happening there? Because it is a medium-term and long-term operation. So where is it at at the moment uh, in in its impact? I think what we're finding is that a lot of the uh, construction business was doing refurbishments, extensions, additions to, to existing households. That tended to be generated by young families wanting more space or um, people wanting to change the look of their houses. Whereas um, the older generations tend to be more settled in their homes and weren't requiring those those changes. Now, when you've got interest interest rates going up the way they have at the moment, then uh, my belief is that households are putting off those extensions, additions, alterations until either the interest rates come down or they have more certainty around their ability to meet those commitments. So I think there's been a decline in that sector more than anything else. I think new builds are still going up, but I think it's that renovation, repairs type work that's been put off. Uh, It was very prominent during uh, the COVID era. I know it was a significant um, fillip in the the COVID and post-COVID era. Obviously, the interest rates has completely reversed that. However, on another matter relating to construction, Statistics New Zealand this week reported that the number of consents issued for new dwellings to be built, uh, these are September figures, was down 37% from a year ago. Now, that's been falling pretty steadily since October last year, um, and we'd seen consents for standalone houses had been dropping away, but now multi-unit development consents are also heading south. 
So again, what does that mean? Does, does that have an immediate impact on the construction industry or does it give it some worries for further down the track? Well, I think it, it's a flow-on effect that I'll be more concerned about. It's the sub-trades that, that rely on the new builds, you know, carpet, your appliances, uh, things to go into those new houses. It's that area that really gets in. Um, you know, if you're not building new houses, you don't employ staff, you're not incurring the costs. But it does have a flow on right through the business community, not just to the, the, the primary builder, but also to the sub-trades and also the suppliers into those new dwellings. So, yes, there will be an impact on, on turnover for those other businesses, which, again, will have a negative impact on cash flow. Possibly slightly delayed. And again, it's going straight out. It's going outside of your immediate data. But I think the other thing that had happened is that we'd seen a record number of resource consents applied for. The question is how much of that has converted into new builds and how much has been delayed. Maybe a, a different set of numbers, Keith, but it's all part of the same picture, yeah? Yeah, it's a bit beyond my data, but, yeah, there is a flow-on impact, absolutely. And, uh, you know, whilst we don't have those numbers available, um, a lot of businesses reply, rely on those new builds to actually survive. When we look at the businesses that are failing, why are they? There's the obvious headline, which is that any discretionary spending uh, is going to be at risk when people don't have the cash. It's the first place people look to save, right? But when it comes to businesses being able to ride through that or not through that, uh, is it overwhelmingly a cash flow problem? Do we start to see investors pulling back? Can you comment? Yeah, look, I think anybody who starts a new business, whether it be over the last two to three years or going back in time, um, starting a new business always takes longer and costs more to get to where you want it to be. And I think a lot of businesses start undercapitalized and they have struggled through and, and I think it's well well reported that you know, probably 20, 25% of businesses fail in the first five years. And a lot of it's for that reason. They underestimate the time and the cost of building a business. I think at the moment getting funding uh, for businesses, particularly smaller businesses, is very difficult. And a lot of small businesses are funded by mortgages over your over the principal's house. And with interest rates going up there, again, there's pressure on cash flow. I think turnover has dropped. In other words, the sales have fallen away, but costs have continued to rise with staff costs, um, raw material costs, uh, rent costs. Um, they've you know, interest rates have continued to go up, and yet the revenue has not matched that, and, and that puts significant pressure on the business. Is September going to be uh, perhaps the worst of it, or is the worst of it still to come, Keith? Well, traditionally, we've seen an uplift in spending activity um, in the period leading up to Christmas. You have things like Black Friday and Technology Monday and uh, the, the, the going out and having meals before Christmas and catching up with family. And that tends to stimulate a bit of activity through November and December. Whether we see the, the same extent of that this year when, when people are under pressure to, to, to retain the money in their pockets um, remains to be seen. But certainly come February, March, um, I would expect it to again tighten up and, and, and to see some, some consequences as a result of that. Can we talk about credit? Demand for credit overall is up, you report in your latest report. This is consumer credit as well. But what about business credit demand? Do you break that down? Yes, we do break that down. Um, credit demand for construction is down at the moment by about 3%. Um, 
month on month. Hospitality credit demand is up by 15%. Retail is up by 4%. Uh, transport is up by 8%. And um, property retail is down by 7%. So it's a bit of a mixed bag. Uh, so there is a demand for credit within within the, the business sector. Um, again, other than construction, which, as you've indicated, is, is going through a bit of a, a slowdown at the moment. And on that uh, question of um, credit failures, you're reporting, and this is general, uh, that the mortgage failures aren't significant yet. However, uh, people are basically failing on other credit in order to keep the mortgage paid. Would that sum it up? Yes, absolutely. People prioritise what they pay. And what we've found in the last month has been, again, a lift in things such as retail energy and telco, which are really non-discretionary spending. So um, you really look at at households that are struggling to meet their accounts. um, They can cut back on things like buying a buy now, pay later, because that's a a discretionary spend. So they've pulled their, their spending back in that area. Maybe they'll stop buying coffees, but they still have to pay for their power. And the arrears in in the retail energy sector are continuing to climb, which is a warning sign that many, many households are finding it difficult to make ends meet. Are interest rates the main driver? I think we're due for some um, updated unemployment statistics, maybe even as soon as today, uh, they're they're nearing. Uh, Are interest rates the main driver, do you surmise, or um, might we start to see some movement on that job security front? Well, I think while uh, employment levels are where they are at the moment, there are a lot of people who are still getting an income and therefore able to meet their payments. If unemployment rises, then that puts additional stress into the into the household. What I think we're finding at the moment is that uh, the, the, the households really are finding it difficult both with the cost of living and also with interest rates. I think interest rates are the largest part because, again, there are new purchases into the property. You have you have a whole range of people out there. You have those who have paid down or paid off their mortgages and may have funds on deposit and actually doing quite well out of this at the moment. Then you have those that have got a mortgage but interest rates haven't really impacted their ability to live their lives as they would like to. And then you have a, a, a large sector of the population who – really are living hand-to-mouth, and any interest rates rises does impact their their budget quite severely. And that even applies to people who are renting because landlords will pass interest rate rises onto the tenants. So you've got that sector out there that are have always been difficult to make ends meet. It's just really been... Uh, exacerbated by what's happening at the moment. You've talked about that two-tier economy a lot in in recent times, Keith. Thank you. Thanks very much. Keith McLaughlin is a Credit Bureau Centrics Managing Director.